Hello, and welcome back to another Basketball IQ podcast. I've been gone for a while, but I am back now. Today is February 8th, 2018. Deadline day has just concluded, and boy, have the Cavs blown everything up out of the water, and there is a lot to talk about. Um, I was planning on discussing what was wrong with the Cavs, but I, I had these notes written down about that. And then all these trades started coming in, so I'm going to first talk about what the Cavs have got to do to get better and what their problems are right now. Um, And then we'll look at the trades they made and discuss them and see how well it went down and what they did good, what they did bad, um, and a few other things. Um, So a few of the Cavs' struggles that I've seen lately, uh, of course Isaiah Thomas and how he fits into their system. Um, We'll discuss LeBron leaving, their playoff chances, um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, And how um, one thing that I want to touch on is the Kyrie trade and how it played into their current state and everything. Um, And a bunch of other stuff that is surrounding the Cavaliers right now. Um, The first thing I want to get down to is is, is their whole roster now. They've gotten rid of five players. They brought in four. So here's what they look like now. So at point guard, they're going to have George Hill and Jordan Clarkson, who they both acquired via trade. They're going to have Rodney Hood, who they acquired via, via trade today, and J.R. Smith as well as Kyle Korver at the two. At the three, it remains the same with LeBron James, Jeff Green, and Osman. And at the four, they acquire Larry Nance in a trade along with it with Jordan Clarkson in the same deal to back up Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson as a 535 is still on the Cavs. Um, we'll see what happens for the time being. Of course, there's been trade rumors with him, but we'll see how that goes down. And now just to discuss a few of the Cavs' overhanging uh, problems and just to discuss what is causing all of their problems lack of success um the first thing that you know of many things is there's scoring inconsistency they only scored nine times in the fourth quarter on tuesday this week against the magic and a game which they blew a 21 point lead and have just come and they completely fell apart during that game and allowed the magic to come back and win that game and that's totally unexcusable of a championship caliber team a veteran team that knows better and that shouldn't be blowing 21 point leads and that just proves how bad their defense is and how bad their defense is going to continue to be um except we'll see how these trades affect them and we'll discuss them but as of um now without them playing their defense is bad and blowing a 21-point lead with the type of experience this team has and the leadership of LeBron James and all these veterans is completely unexcusable. Um, You know, you expect this type of performance from a team like the Magic to blow a 21-point lead. You do not expect this from the Cavaliers, especially headed by LeBron James and all the veterans they have. It's totally unexcusable. And, you know, obviously they made moves today and to try and fix that, but I do not think that any move uh, could have made them more prepared to sustain a 21-point lead. They had the, they no doubt had a roster that knew how to sustain leads and win championships and win in tough situations and carry out games and win games. They have a team that's very capable of doing that. And whether it's coaching or the personnel or the attitude of the whole organization, 
it's definitely not up to par with what they should be expecting out of their team. They need to do better than that. You cannot blow 21-point leads and only score nine times in the fourth quarter against the Orlando Magic, who is a mediocre team at best. You cannot do that, especially given what we know about the Cavs in the past and LeBron James and the personnel they have. You just can't do it. Um, they've been 6-13 and 13 since Christmas, again, going along with their veteran experience. How, how, I don't, I just don't understand, you know, you can be a bad team and whatnot, and you can have slumps and bad games, how are you 6-13 and 13 with LeBron James, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love? I don't get it. I really don't get how you're 6-13. and 13. Obviously, there's so many more pieces than just those three star players. There's so many more pieces and so many factors that play into their record. But you have to expect more of them than 6-13 and 13 since Christmas. I just don't understand. Um, obviously, they've been playing better teams, and maybe that just shows how bad they really are, that they are just so bad. Um, you know, early on the season, they weren't playing good teams at all. Um, they've uh, only played, they only played uh, a top six team once, poor Christmas, but after have been 0-8 against them. Um, and which led to LeBron James saying that he does not want to be on national TV anymore. Of course, national TV meaning that they're going to be playing big teams, and he doesn't think they can keep, that the Cavaliers can keep up. Which is totally present. They they just can't beat good teams. Um, and you've got to expect more of this team. Again, going back to their veteran experience, and just you, you just playing out... They, you just have to expect more of this team. Um, I don't think anyone could have expected this. I don't think they, you should have expected after the Kyrie trade to, for them to be at that level of success and going to the play, um, the championships and competing with um, the likes of the Warriors. But you cannot expect this of this team, and yet that's what we're getting uh, week out, every week, um, and it's really, really surprising. Um, Back, going back to the inconsistency, um, they've been completely a only one-half team. They, you know, again, they got up by 21 um, and then completely blew it in the second half of the game. And it, again, relates to the veteran experience that you expect. You expect this team to have the leaders. And, of course, LeBron, LeBron James being one of the best leaders in the game, you expect more out of this team than only playing one half. It, there's, I don't know what is going on, whether it's coaching, whether it's the attitude, or whether it's something. Obviously, they made trades today, and we'll discuss that. But the, re, but the reasons for this is really unclear, and it obviously could be a combination of uh, different uh, factors, but... It really is just surprising to see how bad this team is playing and how inconsistent they are. Of course, you know they've been they have injuries of uh, Isaiah Thomas, of course, early on, and um, I'm on Shumper, but that's about it. And then you know Jay Crowder, who we'll get to later as well, has not been anything that what the Cavaliers hoped for, um, and just not been has been completely part of that inconsistency. Um, and, you know, maybe this whole trade didn't work out. I really don't think it worked out. 
um, from the beginning. Um, for them to take on a player who's, first of all, not as good as Kyrie in the first place, and then to have him injured half the season, um, or just about half the season, and then go from there, um, I don't know. It's it's just, I don't know what, why, um, if we could really have expected them to be so good. Um, I think this performance isn't valid to their expectations, but I don't think um, it's as good. They, I mean, you know, I don't think we people expected them to be at that level that they were after this trade. I don't think it made a lot of sense in too many people's minds, or not. Or they're just registering now about how bad of a trade it really was for the Cavs. Um, you know, I I just don't think we we should have expected too much out of this team. Just looking back on it, um, and that's what's happened. They just haven't been the team that they were two or three years ago when this team had Kyrie and the other players that they had. Um, uh, Isaiah Thomas says, um, when we hit adversary, we go our separate ways. Obviously, he has gone in separate ways. Whether he knew about this uh, last night or not, I doubt he did. Um, but, of course, he had heard the trade rumors. Um, but I think he's hinting at the fact that this team is comprised of former superstars. Derrick Rose, of course, a former superstar. Isaiah Thomas, while was a former, is in my mind a former superstar and will never be the same as he was. He still thinks he is, but that's besides the point, and that's part of the problem. This team isn't, and also Dwayne Wade, former superstar, of course. This team isn't playing as a cohesive unit. They're all playing to be superstars, and that's not how a championship championship team plays. You play as a team, and you play to help each other out, and that's not what's going on. They're all playing for themselves. It's selfish, and that's what's leading to their consistency and their failures. They're just not a team. They And whether that comes down to coaching, which, of course, Tyron Lue could get in their ears and, you know, yell them about this stuff and try to tell them that, you you know, we got to play as a team, whether the fact that you won five MVPs or zero MVPs, you got to play as a team and be unselfish and just work to the common goal of, of course, winning a championship, which they're not going to do. I don't think any of the trades that they got done today or the team that they had before the trades could get, get them to the championship or win it. I don't see this team doing anything in the playoffs. Their season's dead and... I don't know what to make of it, and LeBron's gone in my mind, and he's been gone for a long time, uh, but of course he's gone now, and it's really sad to see it end this way. Of course, you never like want a team to completely bomb out, but to see it end like this is really bad. I mean, obviously, maybe something will happen, but in my eyes, Cleveland is done for a good amount of years, um, five at the least. Um, so we'll see what happens, and of course we'll discuss the trades and see how it's going to affect their future. Um, you know, and there's no trust on this team. Um, going back to the point about all superstars, Isaiah Thomas, of course, has his things, and he doesn't like. I don't even know. It's like he comes onto this team. 
and immediately starts bashing with Kevin Love and pointing fingers at him. What's that about? You've been on this team for, what, five months, and you're already pointing fingers about who to blame. How about just try to play defense for once? I don't care that you're 5'8". You can try to play defense instead of standing at the top of the key waiting for the possession to turn over. It's completely ridiculous. And then, of course, LeBron always trying to trade um, Kevin Love away from this team and being the general manager of this team. And Isaiah leading the charge against uh, Kevin Love and for blaming him for their recent struggles. I'm not saying that Kevin Love is completely out of the uh, out of the question. I'm just saying that he is not the definite and one reason that the Cavs are playing bad. You cannot just point the, your finger at one player on this team or one issue. It's a collective effort that goes from the worst player on the team to ownership all the way up. It's completely invalid, and I don't understand how IT can come in here and start pointing fingers when he has done nothing to provide to the team himself. Alright, moving on here. Um, Dwayne Wade went on to say that he's never experienced this type of play in his 15 years of playing, which goes to say a lot. Um, this guy's seen it all, um, been on all different types of teams, winning teams, losing teams. Uh, now he'll be going back to Miami. Um, he's been on three different teams, and you know he's experienced all types of things. And for him to come out and say that he's never experienced this type of gameplay... Uh, in his 15 years, is really, really puts things into perspective about how bad things are really going. Um, when you hear a guy like Dwayne Wade say that, with all he's seen, you know, you've really got to get concerned and really decide what you're going to do, not just now, but years going forward. It's not about now anymore. It's about what are you going to do now that's going to impact you in the future. Um, and I think the Cavs thought about that, and they made their decision. Um, and whether it works out... Or not, we'll have to see. Um, but I think what Dwayne Wade said puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, something I question is whether the players at the time respected what Ty- Tyron Lewis was telling them, if he was ev- even telling them anything at all. Um, of course he was, but what was he telling them that he wanted to change or he wanted them to do? And I wonder if they respected that or took it into account. Um you know, he's a young coach, um, hasn't seen everything, of course he's won a championship, uh, but, you know, it's something to wonder whether they really trusted him towards the end when things started falling apart for this team, um, just something to think about, and of course, um, defense is a huge issue of this team, not only effort, but of course skill, um, Isaiah Thomas is a huge liability, Jay Crowder provided nothing, LeBron honestly hasn't been trying, and I think he's definitely still part of the problem. He's not exempt from the rule. Um, just plain old effort on defense, I think, makes a huge difference. Just the difference between 50% effort and 100% effort will make a difference on uh, defense compared to offense, where it may not make the biggest difference. I think offense is a lot of skill and communication and whatnot, um, but defense effort really does make a difference. Um, and I was just not seeing that from the Cavs, and including LeBron James. Um, and, you know, that's something that they're going to have to figure out. 
not just even after these roster moves, of course, you know, doesn't matter if you bring in uh, Kawhi Leonard, the best defender in the league. Um, he may not still uh, make this team better on defensively if he, they don't buy into the system and listen to what their coaches have to say in order for them to improve. Uh, so they got to buy in, or if not, they got to get a new coach in and someone who can get across these players and tell them that defense is important and tell them how to play defense because it does not look like they know how or that they care. Um, and it doesn't seem like LeBron's mentally present. I think... You know, he's kind of in this spot where he's kind of given up, it seems. Maybe he was part of some of these roster moves, and he's not given up, but it just feels like he's given up on this team, and he doesn't care anymore, and he just wants to, you know, see what they do and doesn't really care what happens, but he just wants to get out and start new. I think he realized that this this is nev- not turned going to be turned around, um, and it feels like he's just really beat down because of it, um, and it doesn't seem like he is committed to turning this around. And I'm sure he is, but it's not coming across that way. Um, I think that, again, part of uh, success, and especially basketball in a team sport like basketball, is effort. Um, and I haven't seen the biggest effort from him like I have seen in years past. Um, so, of course, effort can always be improved, and I think he just needs to really lock in if he really does want to have any type of success in what I think will be his last year in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, we talk about defense, and but offense isn't great either. Of course, we've talked about the inconsistencies but uh, Kyle Korver is the only player shooting at above a league average from three. Um, and this team has a bunch of shooters, of course, LeBron, Isaiah Thomas, J.R. Smith, um, all these guys pride themselves on shooting. And Korver, the guy who's probably the eighth or ninth man, if that, on this team, uh, is is the only guy that's shooting above a league average for three. Um, that just adds on to the problems, uh, in this league, in this day and age, you have to shoot threes and you have to be good at it or else you're just not going to succeed. And that's what we've seen. Um, and I don't understand why love has played center, uh, recently. I don't think Tristan Thompson is bad as people say he is. That's my opinion. I think you have to have a pro- proper center in this league, not only on defense, but offensively, um, Offensive being more importantly, I think, nowadays, um, because it's hard to stop these unicorn uh, centers uh, on offense. But um, So you got to put it back at them somehow. And I think Tristan Thompson's a solid piece. It's just his contract and whatnot. Um, and I think he could be playing better. Um, and I don't understand why they would play Kevin Love at center if he, if the defense is so bad. Um, and it just doesn't make sense to me. That's just another thing that I don't get about this team. Um, and they're just being straight up inconsistent with these roster, these uh, lineup changes. Um, it had kind of stabilized out a little bit more, but it just didn't make sense to me at all. Some of these moves that we're making, and that's of course falls on the coaching. Um, and didn't make sense to me at all. And I don't know how hot um, Tyron Lue's seat is. 
but it's definitely warming up and if things don't turn around after these trades I would not be surprised to see him leave um, because it's just really strange to see how nothing at all has improved on this team and in fact it's gotten worse there's been no growth at all um, and I think Jay Crowder's performance proves how Brad Stevens system shows shows how players like Bradley um, and Crowder look better than they really are, similar to how um, in San Antonio Pop can really take advantage of the players that he has. I think that's what Brad Stevens did in, uh, in Boston. Um, and I'm not saying these are bad players and they're only good in Boston or only good in San Antonio. I just think they work really well under those coaches and their systems, and they may look better in those systems than they would otherwise. Um, and I think that really shows with Crowder. Um, he isn't providing the shooting or the rebound efforts that they brought him in for. He's done nothing for this team. He's done absolutely nothing, and including defensively. Um, and, you know, he had a decent time in Cleveland. I mean, in um, Boston, he was a good, uh, solid player. Um, but he's not a championship caliber player. And I don't know what what uh, they saw in him and what his ex their expectations were in the Kyrie trade but I don't think this performance is unwarranted I don't I'm not completely surprised I am kind of underwhelmed uh, I do think he has more in him but I don't think he's a championship caliber player that uh, this team wants to have um, and for that I think uh, I'm it's a good thing that they got rid of him um, and they've and the Cavs have well, they have decided, um, but coming into this deadline, they had to decide if they wanted to rebuild before the deadline or take advantage of LeBron and put it off until he leaves. Because I do believe he's leaving. I believe most people think he's leaving, and I believe the ownership thinks he's leaving. Um, so it looks like we'll get more in-depth with the trades, but it looks like with these trades, they've secured some decent pieces and improvements uh, going into this year's playoffs. But if LeBron does leave, they have some guys that they can re-sign or re choose not to re-sign on expirings um, and going forward. So if they have they have uh, they brought in a few young guys, if they want to re-sign them going forward because they are on short contracts, then they'll be then you know uh, then they will. But if not, they'll let them go and they'll do a, a fresh start on this team, um, and we'll go from there. Um, so we'll start on the um, Isaiah Thomas trade. That's the uh, headliner, I think, from today. Um, just to sum it up, it was Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye, both on expiring contracts, uh, for, as well as Cleveland's first rounder. Not the uh, Bro Brooklyn pick, but Cleveland's own first rounder, probably sitting around 25. We'll see what happens for the rest of the season. Uh, will be sent to the Lakers in exchange for Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson. Um, and the first thing to point out about this trade is that it's going to clear a ton of cap for the Lakers so they can get not only LeBron possibly, but also Paul George in free agency. Um, this clears away for two max contracts, um, which is what those players are going to be wanting, of course. Um, and this re it's really interesting because... If LeBron does end up going to uh, the Lakers, he could end up playing with Isaiah Thomas again. Um, of course, that's only if they re-sign him, which I don't expect they will. Um, I think it was just 
to clear cap and just have him on for this year and then to let him go or maybe even trade him, um, which would be, of course, crazy still. Um, I do feel bad for him, but, you know, at the end of the day, this league is a business, um, and I think he's learned that, and he's going to have to accept that. Um, But, yeah, this is going to clear the way um, for LeBron to go to L.A., and I do think that's where he'll end up. Um, But that's I think the big part of that is getting PG. If they don't get PG... It's going to be tough, and he could go any other team um, that can afford him. Um, so I do think L.A. is the front runner to get LeBron, but if they don't get another superstar in there and really focus on who can play well around LeBron James, um, then it's going to be difficult for him to go there. Um, Isaiah Thomas' agent said, uh, that the fit did not work and out because LeBron and Isaiah Thomas were both ball dominant. And I said this at the, when he got traded there. Um, it's it, it never looked like it was going to work for me. Not not just because I don't think, of course, Isaiah Thomas is the same player as Kyrie Irving, but because they're so ball dominant. Um, of course, in Boston, Isaiah was the go-to guy, and of uh, of course. LeBron's always the go-to guy. So how does that work? And it just didn't. And I don't think it ever could have. It just doesn't... It It's like uh, two impossible forces going at each other. Um, excuse me. Unstoppable forces going at each other. And they just clash. And the whole thing blows up. Um, and it just didn't work. And that proves it. Um, so I don't... I really don't know what the Cavs are thinking when they did this trade. Um... It just never looked optimistic for me, Um, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, IT said last night that he was getting sick of being traded, and that he just wants to have some stability in his career. And, of course, it makes sense, but um, at the end of the day, he's an expendable player, um, and he I don't think he'll ever be at the same level that he was in Boston. Of course, he was an all-star there, and he still got traded. So this guy's not going to ever be safe. He's never going to trust his team, similar to how Kyle Korver never trusts um, his team. Uh, not Kyle Korver, Kyle Lowry uh, never trusts his team. And that, I think he just has trust issues. But I don't think this is really, I think Isaiah's career is really going to affect him, not just in basketball, but in life. He's not going to be able to trust people, um, which is sad. But, you know, it's part of the league. And I think people have learned that, uh, whether for good or not. Um, and it's really going to be interesting to see how this plays out for the Cavs, bringing in all these new players, because they had chemistry problems before. And, of course, this is half of a new team, practically. And that's going to lead to uh, chemistry issue, issues as well. Um, it, so that'll be interesting to see how it goes on, especially going into the second half of the season and into the playoffs, if they can get chemistry going uh, and really play as a team that they weren't able to do before. And, of course, that's extremely important going into the playoffs and in the playoffs. Um, so being able to establish chemistry, which they weren't able to do, is going to be really important for this team. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, you know, just going back to IT and his decline, he's, his scoring average dropped from 28.9, essentially 29 points last season, on the Celtics to 14.5 this season. I really do not think he's ever going to be the same as he was. 
he doesn't have that spark in him that was so synonymous with him in uh, Boston. I just think he's a he's just not the same, um, which is really sad because he was a really unique player and so I think a guy that people wanted to root for, um, but not anymore. He's just not the same, and I I think he's not going to be safe for from trades and deals for the rest of his career. Um, unfortunately. And I do think he was also a, a distraction in the locker room. He was saying a lot of stuff and, of course, blaming Kevin Love for all the problems. And he j- it just uh, it really, really, really was a bad, bad situation. It, everything about it. I don't, I don't see any positives about his time in Cleveland. I really don't. Um, of course, he led the, the charge and the blame against Kevin Love, which, you know, you're there for five months and you're already b- blaming people. It's really ridiculous. It's you don't have that power in my mind at all to do, um, of course. And he's won a championship, and you haven't. Uh, so I don't think you can start pointing fingers at him for their problems when you are maybe the number one problem yourself. Um, and it just it just really caused a lot of problems, and it really didn't work out. Um, of course, he was a liability on defense as Cavs, as the Cavs were in 29th in defense in the NBA. It's just horrific. Um, and again, that goes back to effort. Even though he's short, one of the shortest people in the NBA, I really do think defense comes down to effort. Um, and if not, bench the guy, you know. You got to do what it takes to win in the NBA. And if you got to bench a guy and make him unhappy, then you got to do it. And because if you want to win, you got to make tough decisions like that and receive backlash. But if it leads to winning, it's worth it in the end. And I think uh, Tyron Lue was intimidated and, and kind of wussed out. Um, and I think he really needed to make a stand um, and not care about what IT is going to say or do. Um, because. You know, you got to do what's right for the team, whether they, your guy thinks it's right or not. Um, I do think their return in Larry Nance is a solid defender and a good piece going forward again. Um, they'll be able to re-sign him maybe going forward and build um, around him in the rebuild that will probably be coming up. Um, I think he's a good, also a good piece for this season, uh, backing up Kevin Love. And, of course, he'll be starting as he's injured. Um, I do, I like him. I don't. I think the Lakers would have liked to keep him. I just think that they are looking t- towards the future, uh, knowing that they'll be able to clear cap with lo- by losing him and dumping his uh, his and Clarkson's salary, and that'll open up, of course, the two max contracts. I think cl- uh, the Lakers would have liked to keep him, but of course they're thinking about the future. Um, so I think it worked out for both teams, getting. Uh, um, Larry Nance. It's just the way that it happened. Um, I don't really think, if you think about it, the deal for what essentially happened is the Cavaliers traded Kyrie Irving for Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson. And, you know, it's is that worth it? Of course not. Um, but that's how it ended up. Um, I do think that getting uh, Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson for IT is better than you know, getting something else or nothing for IT. Um, but I, I think they did the best they could um, for getting rid of IT. I do think they had to get rid of him or, or bench him, and it was going to be one of the two. And I think, I think you know, they took a shot, and we'll see how it goes down. Um, but I don't think it's a horrible trade. Um, 
I think it'll be interesting going forward because this isn't just now. This is going forward in the future. Um, you know, of course, the Cavs are getting younger with this trade. They're both 25, Nance and uh, Clarkson. And Clarkson's averaging the same amount as uh, Isaiah Thomas. And, you know, it, it just shows how far he's declined, Isaiah Thomas. Um, and I really do think that, you know, getting Jordan Clarkson in... in um, and Larry Nance was an important step forward, as well as getting rid of IT. Um, of course, even despite IT being a former All-Star, he's just not the same. He'll never look like he um, will be the same. And it's crazy to think that he's only lost 15 games. But there's just no effort. He's a distraction. And it just really hasn't worked out. And I think the Cavs did the best they could, dumping him. Um, and I don't think that this is a bad deal at all. I think this is a really solid deal, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes going forward. All right, now moving on to the next trade, three-team deal that Cleveland made with Utah as well as Sacramento. Um, they'll be dumping Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder to Utah for Rodney Hood as well as Armand Schumpert to the Sacramento Kings for George Hill. Of course, they'd been rumored to be uh, looking to get him uh, for some time. Um, and I think this is, you know, not bad business either at all. What it comes down to with these two trades is, is this enough to not just beat the Warriors, but beat the Celtics or potentially the Raptors? And I don't think it is. I think maybe they have a better chance to beat uh, the Celtics or the Raptors with these trades, but they still aren't even close to beating the Rap the Warriors with these trades. Um, I think that's what it came down to. Um, I had thought that maybe they could work it out internally. Um, it does look like this roster is better now. Um, I didn't think that they'd be making so many trades and so many changes just because there's a lot of effort and, you know, things to do uh, when you get new players in and um, this many. Um, you got to really change your game plan. But I just don't think that this is still enough to beat the Warriors and become champions or even the maybe potentially the Houston Rockets. Um, I don't think that this, this is the team to win a championship this year. Um, you know, and I, I do think it's an improvement, but I don't think it's a championship team. Um, it, you know, they it's, it's good business getting rid of Crowder. Um, he was a liability, and he completely underperformed. Rose just didn't provide anything, and Shumpert's been in, uh, is a solid player, but he's been injured, um, and they, they need players now. Um, they get a pretty good, reliable point guard in George Hill who's going to get out of LeBron's way and let him do his thing. Um, he's not going to get in the way like Isaiah did. Um, he's going to do his role and nothing else. He's just going to do what the coach tells him, um, and he's going to do whatever he can to let LeBron run this team uh, and and not do uh, what Isaiah did, which was kind of get in the way of that um, and led to all that clashing. Um, Rodney Hood's a really, really solid player who I like a lot. Um, he's really young. He's pretty reliable and consistent. He's shooting 42% from the field, 38% from three. He's averaging assists and a half, a steal, five rebounds, 17 points. And, of course, he's young, so it'll only get better. I think this is a really nice pickup. 
Um, of course, he lost his starting spot to Mitchell and and Utah, so he definitely wanted to be starting on a good team, and he got his team, and I think this is a good pickup going forward. Um, and George Hill is another, you know, smart move to have a point guard who's not going to get, of course, as I said again, in LeBron's way. Um, he'll just provide for this team whatever they in whatever way they need him to. Um, and, of course, they're still making younger improvements by getting Hood. Um, and then with Hill's numbers, he's averaging 47% from field, 45 from three, three rebounds, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, and, fifth, and 10 points a game. So solid numbers, um, you know, with, uh, looking at the points. It's enough, and, you know, he'll put up more when they need to, when they need him to, I'm sure, um, or he'll put up less when they don't need him to and let LeBron run things. Um, and I think that's a really smart move to get him in and get Isaiah out. Um, and, of course, Rose and Crowder, just, they, they weren't making this team better. Um, as sad as it's gone for Rose and Crowder and, you know, their declines, they just weren't making this team better, unfortunately. Um, and Rose may be out of a job now. He may get waived, um, which is really sad, you know, a former MVP, to see him decline so quickly um, and just not able to recover ever. Um, similar to what Isaiah was, and um, even though Derek Rose is better than Isaiah for a longer period of time, it still really is sad um, to see how it's happened. Um, but Rose, Rose was uncommitted to basketball. I mean, even, you know, not that it's a bad thing because, of course, he was looking out for his body and his future, but he wasn't committed to this team. Uh, Shumpert has been injured. Crowder was a, you know, a liability. He wasn't improving this team. Um, and so I think these moves, by getting rid of him, were definitely smart. Um, he did nothing. Crowder has done nothing he did with the Celtics, which is rebounding and uh, corner shooting. He's done none of that for Cleveland. Um, he's completely underperformed, um, and he really just hasn't helped this team um, in any way, I think. Uh, Rodney Hood himself isn't that Im much of an improvement on defense, but he's a step up from one they had, and a really solid uh, shooter, and a really good uh, piece going forward, I think. Um, and Hood's on expiring, so again, they can re-sign some of these guys or let them go going forward, um, so they have some pieces going forward for the future, whether they want to get keep these guys or let them go, um, so they have some flexibility, which is really good for this team, I think, that's what they needed, um, of course, knowing that LeBron will probably go, they need flexibility um, with their future, and, you know, th in this trade, they got rid of some players who just don't fit LeBron's system, um, you know, it just didn't work again. These just players just did not work as long well as well as uh, it. Um, going back to Sharon Fry, I think he was a really really solid player coming off the bench and was really reliable. Um, I do think that he was underused, um, and I do think he deserves uh, more game time than he got. Uh, I do. Of course, they needed to get rid of him um, just because of the situation they were in, as well as. Uh, what they needed to do to get the players that they wanted. But I do like uh, Charing Fry as a piece on the bench uh, who's able to come on and be pretty reliable on offense, maybe not on defense, but definitely on offense. Um, he was a pretty reliable player. Um, 
but they just they had to get rid of these guys that didn't fit LeBron's system because of course he's going to be the head guy there and he's going to dictate everything, whether you like that or not. It's going to happen. Um, so they had to make the moves they did uh, to get rid of these guys that clash, and they did. Um, and we'll see how it works out. Um, but of course, chemistry with all these moves is going to be problem because they had problems before. Um, but if they will certainly have problems uh, going forward. Um, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see if they're able to mend this group together into a team that's capable of going through the playoffs, or if they're going to just be back in the situation that they started with, with no improvement. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how this happens, and I think coaching is big. It's going to be a big part of that. Uh, if this if these this coaching staff can really step up and be a dominant force in telling this team how they need to play and what they expect of them. Um. And then moving on to their last trade, they sent Dwayne Wade back to Miami for a 2020 second rounder, which was uh, used for the Sacramento trade. I think this was just a move to clear up space, um, as well as, you know, of course, putting it in that Sacramento trade for George Hill. Um, you know, I really have no opinion on this trade. Um, of course, it gets rid of age on this team. I, I think Dwayne Wade was decent player for the Cavs, nothing special, uh, pretty replaceable, um, so really I have nothing to say about this trade, it's whatever, he's going back to Miami, where they'll be making a playoff run, um, so I think that's uh, pretty good for him to be going back there for potentially his final season. Alright, so to recap everything that's happened today, um, we're just going to do a small recap of everything that the Cavs lost um, and they gained, um, and we'll just uh, look back to see how this worked out for them. So the Cavs dropped five players in Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, Iman Shumpert, Jay Crowder, Chang Fry, as well as their own first rounder and Miami's second rounder, and they received Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, George Hill, and Rodney Hood. Um, so this team gets younger, um, they make some small improvements on defense, um, and they these are players that will fit into, maybe, potentially, will fit into LeBron's system uh, going forward. Um, and they, of course, get rid of the players that are liabilities, um, and that were just not working for them. Um, so thank you for listening. Please uh, share this podcast, like the podcast, do whatever you can to support it. Um, of course, look for it on Apple Podcasts, which I'm up on now at Basketball IQ. Uh, just search up Basketball IQ, um, and I can still be found on my original uh, platforms. And and follow me on Twitter as well at Basketball IQ Pod, capital I, capital Q. All right, thanks for listening.